Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode six, the finale of Level Up Watches, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. This is a spinoff podcast of the Level Up and Friends podcast, where those of us from the video game and comic book store Level Up Entertainment in Mays Landing and soon to be Summers Point, New Jersey, uh, gather with some friends and discuss the latest in pop culture entertainment. And we are covering the end of the the falcon and the winter soldier uh that is the title at the beginning of the episode maybe not the end but uh i am joined by kendall welcome back hello and i'm joined by uh the only other person who uh was in the running to be uh the u.s agent before that title was stripped from him uh marvelous mike where are you oh <laughs> Oh, sorry. Just, I don't know why I'm reading this since I seem to know who there is on the power broker. Wow. So for those of you listening at home without the video version, Marvelous Mike is holding up a book, very voluminous book, uh, titled The Power Broker. The 1100 page uh, history of Robert Moses, but I thought uh, fitting for our purpose. Do I see tabs there? Is that the no, pages dog-eared? Highlights? It open wow. In the six years that I had it. All right. All right. The power broker. Uh, well, gentlemen, we are at the end of uh, this six-episode, six-part journey. Uh, before we dive into, you know, sort of our scene-by-scene breakdown, um, just overall, you know, thoughts. Did, did they stick the landing? I saw some people saying they hope that it didn't pull a WandaVision, which I guess some, you know, some people were upset with the WandaVision ending. So um, just right off the bat, you know, do you guys think that overall they stuck the landing? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, th- I thought it ended great. I liked the ending better than I liked WandaVision's ending for sure. Um, not that I hated or even disliked WandaVision's ending. Ah, uh, but yeah, I was very satisfied with the last episode. Nice. I enjoyed it as well. I thought the uh, the ending scenes were very good. They wrapped it up nicely. I have some disagreement with stuff in the middle, but I'm sure we'll, we'll get to it uh, as, as we do our scene by scene. Um, okay. Some, some, some carrot cake while, while the show's going on. Very nice. Uh, I don't know if that's, does that thematically tie into the episode anywhere at all or? No, I think so. Just enjoy <laughs> Well, uh, your background display this week, I thought it would be appropriate to show off uh, Sam Wilson, Captain America, or all new Captain America number one with Sam and his uh, new cap costume, uh, which we see later. And, and I think it's one of the most comic book accurate costumes that the MCU has put out. I mean, it's, it's almost exactly the same as off the page. The only difference, I think Sam in the comic book still had the wings under the arms uh, where this one still attached the jetpack. But other than that, I mean, everything looked almost just translated right off the, the page to the screen, um, which was great. Um, so you guys ready to jump in episode six, one world, one people. Uh, we start off with uh, right picking up right where we left off in episode five with the attack on the GRC uh, panel when they're about to vote on the patch act to uh, reset the borders, move the people around and the uh, flag smashers were attacking the building. 
uh, Bucky is the first to arrive on the scene. I was trying to figure out where we left all of our characters geographically because I know Bucky, Sam was in Louisiana and Bucky had left uh, him saying, you know, anytime you need me, call me. Um, and I think he's stationed somewhere around DC for some reason, maybe, maybe New York. I'm not, I'm not sure, but Bucky was sort of the first there. And uh, they, they, he's got a lot of respect from the law enforcement on the scene. They were all, you know, call, referring to him as Sergeant Barnes and making way for him to kind of make his way through the people, which I thought was interesting. I was kind of keeping tabs on who is freely available to just walk around wherever they please and, you know, and, and the reactions they're for, from. Uh, in, in that conversation, we, we hear Sam calling into Bucky. Uh, he says he's on his way. So I'm assuming he's flying in from Louisiana. Their frequent flyer miles must be great. <laughs> in these in these shows because they just show up instantly in this on the scene um this is in taking place in manhattan and uh sam's flying in i guess from from louisiana maybe on his new wing jetpack who knows um but he he tells bucky that he's called in some backup and who do we see but uh well first it's it's like a undistinguished man asking bucky you know who he is and whether he has authority to to be there and then we see the person pull at the side of the face and peel off and it's Sharon Carter using the technology that we saw in uh, the Winter Soldier. Uh, the Black Widow used that face uh, changing technology. I think it was also showed up in, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, but Sharon Carter has her hands on uh, this very, very dangerous tech if you really think about it and being able to take the appearance of anyone, um, including the sound of their voice. Um, and uh, that uh, Sam was expecting her. I guess she is the backup that Sam called in. Didn't bother calling Rhodey. Didn't bother calling anybody else from, you know, the Avengers, the Hulk, nobody. Uh, Sharon <laughs> Carter was his go-to um, and she showed up. What'd you guys think? Surprised to see Sharon on the scene or were you just kind of like, well, she had to get here anyway. I knew she had to get there. <laughs> but... <laughs> It was it was funny how deferential everyone was being to them. And I guess maybe they don't realize that they're the ones that broke out Zemo, even though that, you know, Walker knew. And so did that never get, you know, brought back to the states that they those two were responsible for all the havoc that was going on over in Europe? Uh, but if so, they you know, none of the government officials seemed to care never got brought up in this entire episode yeah, their actions <laughs> in breaking out zemo never never a word of it no consequence um so let's uh, the, so the next th these are all big action sequences through you know kind of the first quarter maybe the first half of the episode um it starts off with we see like this this little smoke bomb roll out into the grc panel and it's, it releases the smoke it kind of looked like a pumpkin bomb to me i'm just gonna throw that out there because uh this this tech came from you know batrock's uh bag of tricks that we found out that he got from the power broker um so it looked like a smoke bomb I, i'm just gonna I'm just gonna like throw like a pumpkin smoke bomb just gonna throw that out there um we also get the first am appearance. i supposed to get that reference or no mm maybe maybe not i mean it depends if you've watched the uh the sam raimi spider-man film specifically no, the first one okay not connected to the mcu yet um but you know just just throwing that out there maybe maybe might make appearance later you know related to the power broker and things that are they're setting up 
uh, we get Sam's introduction as Captain America for the first time. Uh, we see a shield fly through a window, breaks in, you know, hits Batrock or hits a, no, hits one of the Flag Smasher guards. And uh, Sam flies in, busts in, stands up, dramatic music. First look at him in the outfit. Um, what did you guys think? He, he introduces himself. He's like, oh, who are you? And he's like, I'm Captain America. <laughs> Your first look at the new costume. Did you guys, you know, did you like it? Did you have any reaction to it? Looked good? Oh, yeah. yeah. I dug it. I mean, I not knowing the, the comics, uh, you know, and the, the, I, I, I thought it was great. I only wish she said, I am Captain America. I thought that would have been, you know, following in the MCU line. But uh, no, I thought it was, I thought it was a great, great costume, great first appearance. And it was sort of like a, the way the delivery of the line, it was sort of like, I'm Captain America. And then he just walks off. It's not like Walker, who was like repeating it over and over again as like all he was. Um, it was sort of like a throw off line, you know. Um, we get a great battle between Sam and Batrock, uh, who Batrock is trying to get revenge on Sam for, you know, making him lose his big deal and all losing all this money. What I took from this was Sam's kind of holding his own. Uh, there's a lot of hand-to-hand -hand combat, but uh, Sam is kind of fighting him to a stalemate. And while he's doing that, he's giving orders out to Bucky and Sharon uh, for, for what they should be doing. Don't let the Flag Smashers leave the building. You know, he's coordinating them. And I just, it was like this natural leadership position. You know, he's, he's, he's Captain America now. So he's calling the shots. He's calling the plays. Um, I thought that that was a really great way to show sort of, you know, Sam's in charge and he's taking charge and they're following his orders. Um, you know, Carly and it starts trying to, she calls uh, a phone and Bucky picks up and she's trying, we have this classic, like, you don't want to do this. And Bucky's like, no, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. And they're trying to still talk her down. And he's like, you know, I, I've been down this road. I know where it goes. Uh, the nightmares, you'll never get over them. And Carly's just, still pretty steadfast on what she wants to do she's like you should have sat this one out you know you should you should just move on you don't know what it's like to fight for something bigger than yourself and Bucky takes exception to that because he was enlisted in the army and you know he's fought with the Avengers and, and all this stuff so he, he's kind of like well I, I've done that before um here the the flag smashers plan is to sort of load all the senators into these police vans and uh, there's like a, another guard who's attaching this, this uh, sort of locking mechanism on the back of the, the doors. And it, it reminded me a lot of the Dark Knight in this scene. I was going to ask Marvelous Mike if he felt some Dark Knight vibes because we have like a big police van. It's kind of like a chase through the city. We've got choppers overhead. You know, just see some Dark Knight inspiration there. I did. I, yes. That when they locked the, um, the, the police truck, definitely, definitely got those vibes. I also got some diehard vibe uh, as well when they were trying to, tr you know, everyone escape, you know, go up to the roof that you're going to be saved only to that be the, uh, the plan all along uh, for, for our villains. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So the, their plan, they're trying to get the senators away, but also they're going to hold them hostage uh, uh, in doing so. Uh, the, the, trucks begin to move and Sharon calls out to Bucky. She's like, look, you had one job, you know, to not let them escape. And, and, and like, I, I was like, well, Sam said both to both of you don't let them escape. So it wasn't just Bucky's <laughs> job, uh, but Sharon's apparently her job was to track down 
this the, the guy who put the locking mechanisms on the trucks and she does that by kind of running into him she's like oh i'm sorry excuse me he gets into his truck she detonates this thing and it like some smoke appears and it melts off half of his face and he's dead at the wheel and sam's like oh you know what happened to your guy and she's like oh i, I took care of him i, I just put set off a, a mercury bomb and like sam never questions it doesn't bring it up again she just very nonchalantly just kills this guy and it doesn't come up again but it's just I, the ruthlessness i mean it makes sense later but in this moment you're like sharon carter um what is going on here i mean john walker killed a man you know and and it became like a whole big public thing she just nonchalantly melted somebody's face off you know it's just crazy crazy there's a much quieter and quicker death <laughs> hopefully well, not for him <laughs> melts his face off um sam uh leaves the batrock fight because like Mike said, we have the diehard moment where some of the senators are uh, in a helicopter and they're being taken hostage by uh, uh, the Flag Smashers and, you know, Bucky's to basically tell Sam, hey, they're leaving and Sam's still in the middle of fighting Badrock and he's like, well, can you handle it? And and Bucky's like, no, flying things, that's your job. That's, that's not me. I don't have the wings. Um, so Sam kind of like abandons the middle of the fight. He, he like knocks Batrock over and jumps out the window in this very heroic Steve Rogers type of move. Uh, he throws the shield out and dives after it and goes flying. And we have this great sequence where we kind of see Sam in action. It's a good thing he didn't get rid of those wings because he's still uh, very skilled in the air. Um, he uses uh, Red Wing 2.0, the, the, his little drone, um, which has been upgraded to scan faces now. It can scan the people on the helicopter, figure out their background, who has flight experience. And he devises this plan to sort of uh, bust the flag smasher out of the pilot seat and have somebody else take over and, and scoop it up in the, in, in the nick of time to save the helicopter from crashing into the water. Um, this was our first chance to kind of see Sam acting as Captain America, using the shield, using all of his new gadgets. What do you guys think? I mean, Captain America, Sam Wilson is is pretty awesome, I think. Oh yeah. I'm into him. Um I'm really glad he kept those wings. Yeah. Because like, you know, they don't show he he gives the wings away and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they don't show you what he sees in the box at the end of the episode. Yeah. And yeah. He's cool. Mike Definitely, uh, what, what, how should I put this? Much more high tech than Steve Rogers, uh, but like a, so far like a flawless Captain America, just everything, everything working for him uh, during these sequences. And, and tech wise, as I said, taking it to a, a new level, sort of a mix of Captain America and Iron Man really with the high tech and the gadgets. Good point. Yeah, yeah, good point. He's upgraded with that Wakandan uh, jetpack, and we don't know what's going to pop out of there. I mean, it's like a little bag of tricks. A little <laughs> bit. Um, I did like that the first time he threw the shield, like at Batrock, I think Batrock either like kicked it down or like kind of swatted it or threw a chair at it or something, and it fell on the ground. And it's like, okay, he's still kind of getting the hang of this. But after, I mean, just a, that first throw after that, he was pretty flawless, hitting every target, always came back to him. You know, that throw through the helicopter to take out that pilot was awesome. Um, yeah, it's great, great to see. And, and, you know, all that training down in Louisiana paid off, you know, for this moment here. 
Um, the other thing I wanted to, to say was we had, I talked about last week, like, oh, well, Sam is just a human being. Like, he can get shot and, like, that'll be it. He takes on a chopper to the face in, in this episode where, you know, he saves the uh, NYPD uh, pilot. He takes him down to the bridge. The chopper's falling towards him and he uses his wings and the shield to kind of create, like, a cocoon. And the, the, the entire helicopter bounces off of the wings and into the water. And it's just like, okay, Sam's going to be all right. You know, <laughs> with this vibranium suit and these wings that almost seem like they work by tele telepathically um, with, with Sam. Or, um, it seems like he, he's not really activating anything. That The wings are just kind of going where he wants them to go. Um, I think he's going to be okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we, we get a little, uh, you know, a little Carly moment where she changes course, you know, when she sees Sam on the scene and she sees Bucky and, and Sharon, she basically decides like, look, I'm not afraid to die today. Um, we're going to stop this vote one way or another. Uh, let's kill the hostages. So um, she decides she's going to try to take over the, the, the van that, that one of them is in. And uh, she's, while she's telling the other flag smashers her plan, you can see that they're kind of hesitant. They're like, we're not killers. You know, she tries to get them to say like the one world, one people. And instead of the, the very, you know, very forceful reply that she was usually getting, they were kind of hesitant to answer her. And she has to repeat herself, you know, one world and wait for the one people. Um, so she's losing some of her support here. Uh, but, you know, she, she gets them to go along with her, pack up the, the hostages. But, but hold on a second. What did they think they were doing? You just took a bunch of the world's most, uh, you know, leaders, the, the world's greatest leaders hostage by doing smoke bombs, by getting these armed folks <laughs> in there. And now all of a sudden, oh, it's too much for us. We can't, we're not, we're not. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. We're just everything but. So, come on. Right up against the line and then. <laughs> yeah, after they massacred the embassy that was over there a few weeks ago as well, like. Well, they did. They weren't all on board on that plan either. That was all kind of Carly. Like we had the one Australian guy who was like, "What are we doing?" And she's like, "You know, you got to get out of in the car and don't take that car." So they're not all on board, I don't think, with this plan. But they obviously then didn't, you know, weren't paying close attention to what the plans were then when they were going. <laughs> What I found interesting was we only see really four other flag smashers here. I mean, I know Nico was killed and we do see the Australian guy and then like three other like extras, but I thought they distributed the serum to more people than that. I mean, I know they had the fight on the two like 18 wheelers and, and I thought there were like at least eight or nine people involved, but here we just keep seeing four, maybe five counting Carly. So I, are there other flag smashers out there? You know, it's it's kind of a question that I have because that's for season um, two. We'll see if this gets wrapped up as neatly as as they'd like it to look. But before we get to that, uh, as Carly's getting ready, she's getting ready to drive away. We hear Carly Morgenthau, and then you know, here he comes. He's walking in. He's walking through the streets of Manhattan with his DIY shield. John Walker is back. <laughs> um carly sees him she kind of rolls her eyes she's like look i'm sorry i didn't mean to kill anybody uh his life isn't the one that's important right now and you know john walker's like lamar wasn't important to you you know and he, like he's just freaking out it's kind of you know on his revenge kick um tries to throw his little his little youtube shield at her that he worked all night on and she just 
swatted away, <laughs> which was great. <laughs> um, uh, the other flag smashers just start coming in and just like beating on Walker, and he's kind of like getting, kind of just getting beat up, getting getting the the crap kicked out of him. And out of nowhere, Bucky saves the day, pushes them off, starts fighting them, and we have like this Bucky Walker uh, battle between them and the flag smashers. Um, Bucky gets pushed over into like this pit where I guess it's like construction area or something. Um, but he's kind of like knocked out of the fight. And the, Carly at one point decides that she's going to uh, throw the truck into the pit and uh, push the, the hostages over. And we think that it's going to go over because we see the truck from, from uh, Bucky's perspective down inside the pit. And all of a sudden it stops, it stops tipping over and we see Walker. Walker's grabbing the back of the truck. He made a decision. You see, he kind of looked at Carly because he could have gone after Carly, but instead he decides to save the truck of the senators, pulls it back a little bit. And uh, it's kind of like out of harm's way. But then he gets pushed into the pit with, with some more flag smashers and the truck starts falling forward anyway, until our boy, Sam Wilson, comes in with his new Captain America jetpack and saves the, the actual truck, uh, pushes it back up. We get this great scene from the crowd. I love I love the Marvel crowd moments because they're so like spot on what people would be saying in like these crazy situations. But like one guy's like, yo, it's Black Falcon. And like another guy's like, no, it's Captain America. And it's like, yeah, yeah. So now, wait, wait, let's talk about what happened with the first fan though. Yep. Uh, oh, the first fan she said the one she set on fire yeah yeah so she set one on fire and she's like well you know we got to give bucky something to save like that's the way to distract them is to give people uh, uh you know give them uh, some some people to save we can get away and that's the one where bucky's like trying to open the door and he can't get past the locking mechanism and he's punching and he's punching and he's punching and like he finally gets through and he opens the door and the, the, the was a light to take that off yeah the senators inside are like well thank you for saving us and it's kind of I, I think this may be the first time we've ever seen bucky saving people so you know because he, he like takes that compliment like oh oh you're welcome you know like he's, he's not quite sure what to do with it um so yeah the, you know the winter soldier saving rather than killing everyone and their kids and their parents and all that other stuff so <laughs> so was there anything else with the first van that you wanted to, to cover or was it just no that, no that was that, it that okay. just him yeah. literally pulling the lock off mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah so uh this is the first time carly sees sam as captain america and she's so disappointed she's like you you fell for it you fell for all that bull um and sam's trying to like well look I, i'm trying to do this a different way which is sort of like his thesis statement as captain america for the rest of the episode um but you know before they can really talk it out Who's back? Batrock. He's firing smoke into the, the pit. Everybody starts running. People get disoriented. Um, the, the, the flag smashers go running in one direction. Sam, Bucky, and Walker start running. And I'm just at this point in the episode, I'm like, so they're all working together now? Like, we're not going to discuss, you know, that Walker's back and he's still in the suit and he, he has his DIY shield, which they showed, like, crumpled on the ground. It took all of five <laughs> minutes to destroy. Um but like there's no mention at all of like hey you just tried to kill us last week like literally just tried to kill us murder us um they're all working together now there's a common enemy that they're, they're they're running down this this alleyway 
um, Sam, uh, 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 Bucky, or uh, sorry, Walker breaks off and Sam looks at Bucky and Bucky's like, I got it. And he runs after Walker to make sure that, you know, he doesn't do anything crazy by himself. Um, and we, we see Carly kind of looking around the, this empty construction site or like, you know, inside this building. And we hear that bird whistle that they have been using throughout the show to call out to each other. And we find out that it's Sharon Carter who's using the bird whistle against them to uh, to, to lure Carly in. And we get this, uh, this conversation between Sharon and Carly where uh, Sharon's like, look, uh, I took you in. I, I'm so disappointed in you. You know, I, we, we could work together. And I, I gave you this opportunity. You should come back and work for me. And it's at that moment it's revealed for everybody who didn't know by now that Sharon Carter is the power broker. What? Crazy. Um, so I think now we should have an official commendation for those that predicted that from the time that the power broker was first mentioned. Well, when was that episode three episode? Yes. Yeah, when they get to Madripoor. Yeah. yeah. It was the first time they mentioned it. And uh, you know, if, if if we had any uh, any accolades or you get a Marvel no prize, that's what they used to call them back in the day. Yeah. Marvel no prize. That's what you get uh, for picking that out, for making that prediction. It'll be mailed directly to you. Um, <laughs> post office is a little slow lately, but you'll you'll get it any day now. Marvel that's no prize. Right. That's all right. Just so it's on the record. <laughs> um. So Carly wants nothing to do with her. She's like, look she's being smug about it she's like what's the power broker without the power without the muscle um you know and so you know i don't know if she knows who she's playing with but they both have guns drawn and and i think uh sharon put hers down so she carly's kind of got like the upper hand um but all of a sudden we get batrock who shows up on the scene and threatens them them both um he basically sees uh sharon carter and he's like oh you're the power broker i didn't know that uh so uh, remember what you said you're going to pay me before and now you're going to pay me four times as much. And you know, we have this sort of like Mexican standoff where, you know, Sharon's pointing her gun at the at Batrock, Batrock's pointing it at, at Sharon, Carly's pointing it at Batrock. I don't know that everybody's pointing guns at each other. And all of a sudden we hear the gunshots, boom, boom, boom. Batrock falls, Sharon shoots Batrock. Sharon gets shot by Carly, but it's like off to the, to the stomach side stomach. So it's, it's non-fatal. And uh, Sam shows up and then he walks in, he sees Carly standing over Sharon Carter on the ground, holding the gun. So it looks like, you know, Sharon was trying to defend herself. Carly standing over her, misses the entire conversation about who the power broker is. And, uh, you know, now Sharon's kind of closing off the loose ends, right? Like, so Batrock knew, threatened to reveal her identity. She shot him, he's dead. And now Carly's the, the one, the last one left. And uh, what kicks off is sort of the battle between Sam and Carly. And Sam is refusing to fight her. Uh, he's using the wings. He's using the shield. All his defense, not as, as uh, offense. Um, he does at one point, I think, push her into like a pole. But he's, he's just saying like, I won't fight you. And she's like, fight me, fight me, you know, trying to goad him into attacking. Um, and he wants to talk it out. I mean, he still, he still sees redemption for her. Um, sort of a, a light at the end of the, of the tunnel. And Carly points her gun at Sam 
and you see her face like the, the actress does a great job with the facial expressions because like at first she's like not quite sure and then she kind of like makes a face like she's she's more determined and angry and then we hear another gunshot and she falls and she's been shot by Sharon Carter um, closing up those loose ends like I said uh, and she she basically she dies in Sam's arms she says I'm sorry to Sam she apologizes um, and then she dies right there. And there's this like great scene uh, where, you know, Sam is holding her uh, with like a little bit of light coming in through from the outside. And um, it's just her dead body there on the ground. Um, what'd you guys think of the resolution sort of of this, this Carly battle and, and the power broker stuff and, and all that? I, I'm going to jump in quickly because I will be outvoted. I did not like the Carly resolution in that she became a, a martyr uh, and, and, got, and tried to get us sympathies uh, in the end. Uh, after, after everything, after all of her stubbornness, after all of her violent acts, after everything they did throughout these six episodes, uh, I did not like the way that horror story ended. Mm. Kendall? See, I liked it. Uh, That's good. That's good. That's what this is all about. <laughs> I think that if Carly was going to like, in quotes, be defeated, um, like in in a you know in a in a violent manner, like someone beats her up, it has to be like. It can't be Bucky or Cap who like did it. You know what I mean? Like, she, I guess she could have come around and that could have been the resolution, but I don't know. I think like she, I think she had to die for like the story to have any real emotional resonance. But you know, Bucky or, and Sam can't be the ones to kill her. Yeah, I, I just, uh, I think they didn't quite know how far on either side to, to take that character um, because, you know, they kept making really good points. They showed about like how much she cares about the community, um, that her message is getting across to people, but they also kept showing her the way her actions were having an effect on the other Flag Smashers. And, and they were basically saying like, hey, you're, you're pushing us too far um, and that she was going to kind of going off the deep end and that's what Zemo kept saying like she's irredeemable she's gone too far she's not going to come back and you know usually in a show like this or in an MCU project she would go out trying to like save somebody you know in that like final act of redemption that would be what kills her or whatever but here she's just kind of shot dead by by Sharon just kind of <laughs> tying up the the loose ends and um you know I I don't know if if that's the most satisfying way to, to handle the conclusion of the arc um but I, I do agree with you kendall i, I don't see her just kind of like living out the rest of her days at the raft or you know just getting one of those types of like oh we'll just lock her up and you know she may break out and we'll see her again later um, i didn't see anything like that happening either so not sure i mean i think it's kind of that middle of the road messaging of the show that we were talking about last week i i, I mean the vision that I got when Cap is is carrying Carly out is like it's like a 
remind, I mean, the vision I got was like 9-11, the firefighters carrying people out of the rubble as if she was a victim and, and a victim. And then they try and turn it that she was a victim of the senators of the world powers. And, and that's what I, I did not appreciate, appreciate that. I didn't care for that, the way they took that, mm-hmm. that they forced her to do this instead of really not putting any of the responsibility, this is my take, on, on Carly for her actions. And she did murder three people. You know, they, they never talked about that again. She blew up that building and, you know, those people had families and lives and, you know, their only crime, like, you know, we were thinking maybe there was some conspiracy with the GRC and like they would turn out to be Hydra or bad guys or something all along. But, you know, their only crime was that they were a little slow, you know, with getting out the supplies and the medicine and stuff. They haven't revealed that there's any kind of nefarious planning or, or any kind of underlying reason why, you know, the supplies were late. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think, you know, looking at it in that lens, there's, there's no, there's no really good way to redeem Carly because of, you know, she, she has blood on her hands. Yeah. And like, for like the narrative of the show, I guess I understand why they would like paint Carly as the victim. Like, it's not like she, it's not like she like didn't pay a price you know, at the end there, like, she's dead, but, like, if Carly's not playing the victim, like, and, like, or at least if Sam isn't spinning it that way to those senators, like, what is to convince them to, like, fix that problem at all, you know what I mean? Right, you know, and I agree with you there that they had to put her as the victim or make her come across as a victim for all the other themes of the show to tie in nicely uh, at the end. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it's not trying to tell the audience that Carly's a victim. Like, I think it's shown, even within this episode, like, Carly, you went about this the entirely, like, wrong way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, I, I don't want to move too far past this, but the next scene is sort of like the the consequences or the aftermath, um, and it's it's Sam's speech to the to the senators and to, to the GRC people as they they're assembled, um, and this is sort of the the Sam as Captain America moment of the show where you know you're winning with words, and and Sam gets more done here with this speech than Carly did blowing up, you know, any buildings or dying or anything else. Um, and, and this is where the show, the cynic in me would be like, you know, if this happened in, in reality, you know, one, these senators wouldn't stand around in front of a bunch of press cameras and, and microphones to be lectured to. Um, but two, they would have already had their vote written down. They had their speeches and pages written down. And, you know, we've seen this in real life it wouldn't have changed their vote. No amount of terroristic activity, their lives in danger would not have changed the vote that they walked in there to make that day. Um, so that, that's the only moment where I was wow, like, I've got to suspend some That, that didn't cross my mind, but we talked about the parallels of real life to the right? show. Wow, yes. Right? January 6th, that's all I got to say. I mean, there are people that still voted the same way, no matter what happened, you know, their lives are in danger, whatever. Um, so that was the only moment where I'm like, oh, I got to suspend my disbelief a little bit here. Um, but 
Sam basically, you know, tells them, he asks them first, you know, are you going to move forward with resetting the borders? And, and they just keep telling Sam, look, you don't understand the position we're in, how difficult it is, this, the situation at play. And Sam just kind of gives it back to him. He's like, look, I, I, you're right. I, I'm not saying I do understand this any better than you, but what I am saying is that you guys are the ones in power that can figure this out. I mean, he, he points out that, you know, they could, they run the banks, they can change, they can dem demolish a forest with an email. They can, you know, they have all of this power and they need to, to use it effectively. And they need to really think about what they're doing here. And, and he says that, you know, for the first time today, you have felt helpless when you were locked in the back of those uh, vans or you were stuck in that helicopter. Now, you know what the refugees feel like that have no home uh, they have nowhere to go. They're being pushed back into their country. Um, and so, you know, he's trying to, like you were saying before, leverage this situation, this really bad night for this, these GRC deciders. I keep saying senators, but they're, you know, different world leaders from all over the place. Um, he's trying to leverage their feelings of, of helplessness and, and scared their fear uh, into trying to make them understand how the regular person may feel who was who was displaced and it's not an easy answer and 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 there are no easy solutions to this i mean i, I can't imagine the strain on the resources uh that this marvel world is going through you know with all these half the population blipping back into existence um but you know i think sam is doing a good job here of of shining a light and they they show all the supporting characters of the show, Sam's sister, Isaiah Bradley, watching the news, watching Sam give this speech and uh, inspiring them, inspiring people around the country and, and showing why he was the best choice for Captain America. And, and like I said, you know, we, we, he, he makes a good point at, at one point of saying, you know, I'm a, I'm a black man wearing the stars and stripes. I pick this shield up and millions of people hate me for it. Um, I know that there are people here right now that hate me for it. And, you know, it's kind of funny. They kept cutting to John Walker uh, during the speech, too, who's just kind of standing there watching Sam, you know, being Captain America, holding the shield that he fought so hard to, to keep and say that it was his. Um, so I don't know if they were alluding to, to, to Walker as one of those people, but um, basically saying, you know, racism is still alive and well in this country. There are people that will never accept me being Captain America. But uh, hey, all I can do is, is try uh, to, to do better, to be better, um, and to, to bring you know, the country into a place where it can, it can do better. And, and I want to show them that it starts now. It starts tonight with this GRC panel, with this vote. Um, you, know, you can change your minds, and, and we can build and grow from here. So yeah, that was Sam's big speech. Uh, I think it was sort of the, the culminating moment of the entire show. Uh, what did you guys think? Did you guys feel inspired? Did you feel like it was a little too hokey on the nose? How'd you feel about Sam's big speech? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was dead on. Uh, yeah. Pretty powerful speech. Uh, but you know. You know it was, sorry, Mike, before you say anything, but what went through my mind was, you know, this he's describing sam wilson the character in the show is describing the reaction 
that Sam Wilson, the comic book character, got from, you know, the vocal Marvel comic fandom who rejected, you know, having him as, a, as Captain America. And it was always like, well, it's not that he's black. It's just that it's not Steve Rogers. It should be Steve, you know, this and that. And, you know, it's, it's just so funny because, you know, when he says millions of people uh, don't want me to wear this, this shield, don't want me to wear these stars and stripes, like it, it almost, it, it felt very meta. You know, it felt like a very meta moment. It may, may be referring to the MCU fandom. Um, you know, I guess we'll see. Uh, but I, I was like, yeah, yeah, Sam Wilson, you speak that truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mike, I, sorry, I jumped. Well, no, well, so question. He, you said 2014 is when Sam Wilson became Captain America. Yeah. And, and when was Walker Captain America? Well, Walker, I think it was the late 80s, maybe uh, mid 80s. Yeah. And then, but then it, it Steve Rogers came back and Yeah, yeah, see Walker Walker went down sort of a weird path. I think he was introduced as another character first and then uh, he became Captain America, uh, but he was way too over the top violent and and whatnot, so they stripped the title from him kind of like in the show um just to to a more extreme extent and then i think cap took it back uh, or steve rogers took it back uh and then he became u.s agent slash you know whatever but he's the, the the mantle of captain america has jumped around a lot lately but marvel made a big deal in 2014 of you know passing it down uh steve rogers was was accelerated in age to to being old you know this may sound familiar for mcu watchers um, and he passed down the shield to uh, Sam Wilson, who was his longtime partner, which I, I think it was the first time that Sam Wilson had been Captain America at that point. Um, it was pretty pretty big deal. It was a, a line-wide relaunch where a lot of the legacy characters were being taken on by new, uh, new characters in the Marvel Universe. Uh, Iron Man was no longer Tony Stark. Um, it was a young woman named Riri Williams, who was Iron Heart. Um, and we also had Thor being passed off to Jane Foster. So um, it's a little bit of what we're starting to see right now in the MCU, actually, uh, with, with some of these legacy characters stepping down and, and other characters maybe filling the, the role. Because That's what I was not sure about. I know you had mentioned it to me, the timeline. Actually yeah, there's a great uh, tweet by Anthony Mackie, who was playing Falcon, I think, at that time. I think 2014 was about when uh, Winter Soldier came out. Um, and he tweeted when he heard that the in the comics, Sam Wilson was now Captain America. And he's got a picture of, I think it was he, uh, him, it, it may be another boy, dressed as Captain America, young boy. And uh, he says, you know, this is, this is amazing. You know, Captain America is Sam Wilson, you know, and it, it's only in the comic books, but it's happening, you know, and he was so excited about it. Back in 2014, little did he know that, you know, six years seven years later he would himself be playing captain america so just going to sam's speech america's speech uh at first i just me i started to to think it was a little too preachy mm -hmm. only to the point of you know we label this this person a terrorist we label this person at all all that but then that was it. After everything on there, his his speech to the senators, to the uh, to the deciders, was I think exactly what the show was going for, exactly what was needed. And I think you know, again, paralleling the country, what was needed uh, to be said. So so the first few sentences aside, I thought it was it hit the spot uh, perfectly. Again, I did think it was a little unrealistic. 
like you said, and that was my other criticism, that in real life, this would not have happened. And in real life, none of this would have happened. <laughs> and, <laughs> I guess we have to suspend all belief, but, but that was, uh, it, it just, it took out the realism for me of whatever realism, you know, remains, you know, it was, it reminded me, it was the Netflix limited series last year called Hollywood. Okay. I don't know if either you watched it, I think with Ryan Murphy. And it had to do with the film studios in the 40s and how one studio decided to make a, a motion picture uh, with uh, a, a male lead and, and a female lead who's black and then gay supporting characters and all this and that. And it goes on to win the Oscars and it solves the civil rights movement with one movie. Uh, I, I don't like that, you know, lack of realism. Right, right. Oversimplification. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so, you know, moving on from, from that moment. Oh, if any letters that I get send right to Brigantine. <laughs> no, no, send to Level Up Entertainment. So the scene ends with Sam sort of walking out, you know, of the crowd and he looks at Walker and Walker kind of gives him a nod, which I guess is like, you know, you're good. Like you, you can be Captain America now. It's like, all right, well, dude, he, didn't need, <laughs> he didn't need your approval, man. Um, so, you know, it was kind of this weird, weird, really weird moment. Cause again, they didn't really reference like, so is he is he good now like is he working with us what, what's going on and not only that but walker then like moves past sam and goes back through the crowd through the senators who like the one senator had just last week ripped the title from him <laughs> walked right through the crowd and goes right on his way you know as if everything's fine and and there's no repercussions i mean he's He's trying, he was wearing the Captain America uniform again, even though he was stripped of that title. Just can do whatever he wants, I guess. I, a lot I, I of forgive know. and forget in this. <laughs> Sorry, yes, yes. Um, Sharon Carter refuses any kind of medical treatment. You know, she doesn't want to be on the radar yet. But Sam tells her like, hey, I haven't forgotten about that promise I made you. You know, I'll, I'll get you that pardon. And uh, she also compliments Sam and says that the Captain America uh, uniform looks good on him. And uh, yeah, then we go into the epilogues. So the epilogues uh, for the show, we start with the Flag Smashers, right? So they were tricked by Walker and Bucky earlier on by using their app. Uh, he, he tricked them into this position where they got arrested. They were loading them up into a van, a police van. And one of the people who were loading them up gives them the uh, one world, one people. It was very reminiscent of <laughs> the Hail Hydra uh, catchphrase. Um, he loads them up and like, you know, they close the van door, gets into the van, starts driving away. And all of a sudden, a massive explosion. And they pull back and they show an old man sitting in a car. And at first, I didn't know who that was. I was like, oh, is this a Marvel character that we're supposed to know? That was Alfred. But Wasn't that Alfred? It, it was Zemo's butler. I just forgot, you know, what he looked like <laughs> um, in the three three episodes. Um, but he has yeah, like I a also radio forgot. device. <laughs> yeah. He has like, a radio oh, I can't device. wait to talk about who we think this guy is. Who is that? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was Zemo's butler. Uh, he, he puts the um, radio control device back in his jacket and he's 
sets at the car and then we have the radio uh, is playing and it explains you know oh today there was an explosion and four flag smashers were uh, blown up and and the grc also announced that it's changing its vote for the patch act and you know they're not going to to move the refugees around so uh and it shows zemo is the one that's listening on the radio and he closes his book lays back on his cot in the raft and smiles and i'm like wow just every villain is just winning in this show. I mean, Carly got what she wanted. Zemo's getting what he wanted. Everybody's winning. Oh, well, <laughs> I around. guess his ends justified the means. Yeah, but my question is, like, so was that all the Flag Smashers? Because, you know, are there, there's this whole movement that they keep alluding to that's growing worldwide. And, you know, are we going to see this one world, one people thing become the new Hell Hydra? Um, are they going to, you know, continue on as an organization and are there still other enhanced people out there? Um, and the other question I had, you know, regarding the Zemo storyline, because this kind of wraps that up, was, you know, John Walker's still out there <laughs> and Zemo wasn't exactly like a John Walker fan. And, you know, he, he kind of flies in the face of Zemo's whole plan of, of a world without super soldiers, a world without icons, um, especially as we find out later on what's going to happen to Walker. So, you know, is Zemo, how does he feel about this? How does he feel about Walker, you know, still going on? Are we going to see him again and, and the two of them go at it? I don't know. Um, but it's nice to see that he has, you know, he starts this, he ends the series exactly where he started it, in jail, reading books, laying back in prison. Uh, no, I really hope this is not the end of Zemo, though, because he really has become the low key. Uh, so far just you know the the villain you you love love to hate but now you love to love he he has now he has now achieved his goals twice in the, these marvel properties he, he won in civil war in breaking up the avengers and he won here in killing off all the flag smashers so you know he's the only marvel villain i think we can say that has has achieved his goals multiple times um, and again, you know, this is never brought up again. They don't like the heroes aren't upset about it. You know, they go to a party later, but like, you know, the fact that all these people just got blown up. So, you know, it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how does Zemo's reach extend outside of the raft moving forward. Uh, he was able to contact Alfred. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The next scene, we're in the scene. I don't know if that, I, do we have to discuss if that's his actual name? No, I don't think they ever gave him a name. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the next scene, we're in the same courtroom. I guess the Marvel uh, Disney Plus budget only allows for one set, but it's the same courtroom that we saw uh, uh, Walker being stripped of his titles. Um, we see Val, and uh, she's kind of impatiently waiting, talking to Walker's significant other. And uh, she says, uh, she pulls up the phone. And she's like, oh, looks like our friend Zemo got exactly what he wanted. And she goes, I couldn't have planned that better, you know, if I had, if I had planned it. And then she, she goes back and forth playfully. She's like, but I didn't plan it. But did I? No, I didn't. But I might have. And so it's like, <laughs> whoa, what? Where Who? Where does this character's allegiances lie? We, we don't know. We don't know. Um, but she, uh, you know, basically calls Walker out of the back. He was, like, getting changed. He was taking too long. He walks out, and uh, he's in almost the same suit he was in before, but it's all black. It's like a darker, maybe dark blue, but it's, um, but it has no A on the, on the helmet. 
and there is one star off to the side and it's it's got like white striping uh in the middle of the chest and he walks out and he's like this looks great you know i i'm good i'm good and uh val tells him you know look things are about to get weird we don't need a captain america what we need is a u.s agent and uh so he stands and she's like just be ready when i call you she walks away and Walker standing there with his, his significant other, and he's like, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. So many questions here. <laughs> One, does, does, are they in the courtroom because he's been reinstated in some way as a, an agent of the United States, as a, a superhuman, as a, you know, as a, has he been granted authority to act again as a superhero? Uh, two, you know, is this a superheroic thing or is Val a villain? Um, you know, we talked about her a little bit last week and she can fall on either side of the coin. And a lot of people were saying, you know, Walker was redeemed in this episode. It, it, he had a redemption arc and he's now a good guy and he's going to be U.S. agent. He's going to be this this hero. And I don't know if we're supposed to be left with that feeling. Um what do you guys think? Walker, hero or villain? Well, I have a question. The Val is in the comics, I'm assuming, yes? Yes, U.S. agent is a character in the comics. Yep. No, no, Val. Julie, oh, Val, yeah. Julie, Julie Dreyfus. Yeah. You know, where, who is her arc connected with? Because I'm, I'm just curious. Were you, were you here last week when I was going through it? She's connected to almost everybody. Like she's been, she's been Shield. She's been Hydra. She's been uh, connected to the Black Widow and like that organization that that created the Black Widow assassins. Um, she's been a, a scroll. Uh, the shape shifting aliens. Uh, she's she's been tied to almost every. We don't know where it's going. Allegiance. No. Yeah. Nope. Uh, so no uh, just quickly, in terms of the redemption, I, at first I thought so, but then the more I was thinking about it. You know, he was still only avenging the death of his friend. He wasn't doing anything that that was not still related to what he got in trouble for the first time. So the only thing is he had the moment where he could have either continued his fight with Carly and trying to kill her or saved lives. And he decided to save the senators on the van and he and kind of pull them back. That was the only time. But it may have also been a calculated move where he thinks, okay, this is what's going to get me back in the favor of the public, back in the favor of the senators. Um, if I save their lives, they're more likely to vote to make me a superhero again. I, I don't know. I mean, it, they left it very ambiguous. And is U.S. agent good or bad in the comments? Well, <laughs> Do you think the Punisher's good or bad? Like he's That's like a, a violent... Yeah, it depends on the eye of the beholder. Um, it's a tricky question. Can I, I, can, I read, can I read it in my encyclopedia when we hang up? Am I allowed to now? You may spoil future stories for yourself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Marvel played this very smart. Um, I was looking at, I like to look at what the internet reaction is, you know, on these episodes. And there were a lot of people that were like, I feel like Walker had a redemption arc and now he gets to be a superhero again. So they think that, you know, he's going to be a full on good guy. And I, mean, I don't. Arc is, <laughs> arc is, I wouldn't call it a redemption arc. That's why, that's where I'm coming from. I'm like, am I missing something here? Because like a like, moment. <laughs> last week, he was literally trying to kill 
kill our heroes <laughs> and they had to rip his arm to get the shield away from him so you know i don't know and and the other problem that this sets up is you know for anybody who rejects sam as captain america if they feel like he's not worthy if they feel like he's not doing it the way that they wanted them him to do it or even if he doesn't look the way that they want captain america to look Marvel has left open this blonde-haired, blue-eyed alternative, um, and, and that he's just floating out there in the in the Marvel universe. So you know, it's kind of giving Sam a, a tough uh, a tough setting to to establish his Captain America mantle. Um, but I, you know, I I don't think they're playing it that way. I'm just I'm just talking out loud here, and I think that is actually one of the side stories a short arc of the sam wilson captain america comics which i i highly recommend if anybody uh has a marvel unlimited or uh, you know your local comic book shop level up entertainment may have some back issues i don't know uh but check it out shoplevelup.com <laughs> and and john walker does make an appearance in that and it's kind of like you're unworthy of the shield give it back and and they, they have a battle so um, you know, I just hope that John Walker, U.S. agent floating around out there doesn't cause problems in terms of externally outside the the Marvel Cinematic Universe from the fans, you know, that there isn't some kind of cry for him to be Captain America over Sam and that Sam gets a fair shake at it. Is there? Was there? When originally? Yeah. There was uh, when, when the comics originally came out? Yeah. Yeah, there were people that didn't want Sam Wilson to be Captain America. No, I understand that, but wanted Walker instead? I don't think it's Walker instead, but my, pro my, my point is, you know, I'm seeing all the online chatter about people feeling like he's been redeemed in some way in this episode, and they feel like he's getting so a second chance. So that doesn't chance. create an opening to become Captain America. Right, right, right. So, you know, and, and there were people defending him after he killed Nico. I mean, there were people that were like, well, he's a soldier and his life was in danger and he was doing what he was supposed to do. And, you know, it, it's very scary because it followed a lot of the patterns and a lot of the defending behavior that you see in real life after um, some of the, the, the murders that we've seen, you know, on behalf of law enforcement, you know, over unarmed people, over over African-American people, you know, that, that it's like you see that toxic, behavior being defended uh, all the time. And it was sort of that same group and those same types of arguments that were following John Walker. And, you know, now that Marvel has, has sort of presented him in this new way, you know, I hope that that doesn't follow this character as well, because in the comic books, he is, he is kind of a jerk. It's just this like really ultra right wing, you know, you're supposed to kind of hate the guy and, and, and like the Punisher, there are groups of people out there, no offense to anybody who likes the Punisher who, you know, they, they eat it up. They, they buy the comic books, they defend it. They, they like it. I mean, that's, that's their cup of tea. So, you know, it's going to be, it's a tricky, tricky road under today's political climate for Marvel to walk. Um, but you know, they, 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 I, I commend them for approaching the issues that they did in this show and I wish them luck moving forward. We done? Is that it? Is no, it? no, there's more. <laughs> that's just, that was just my, my soapbox. That was my soapbox. Um, that, that's the end of the John Walker piece of it. That that's the end of his storyline. Um, 
we get a little scene with Bucky uh, going back to Yuri from episode one, uh, the man whose son he, he murdered. Um, and he's kind of taking Sam's advice here. He finally, he approaches Yuri. He comes clean. He, he confesses that he's the one that killed him. Yuri asks why. He explains that he was the Winter Soldier. He had no choice, which, you know, is all the, the common things that he's saying to all the people whose, whose family members he's murdered. Um, I felt this scene was kind of rushed. I would have liked to see more of it. Um, and, and this was sort of the, the conclusion of the Bucky storyline of, of this show. And I kind of feel like Bucky didn't get as much time quite as, as Sam did, but you know, Sam, we were setting up something very, very big for Sam. So it makes sense, but I, I kind of would have liked to see a little bit more time here with Bucky making amends with Yuri and, and sort of getting that closure. Um, we see him later kind of watching over Yuri from, you know, afar at the restaurant and, and he's back with the waitress from, from episode one. And it seems like Yuri is kind of moving on with this life, but, uh, but yeah, it, it was a, an emotional scene, but it was only, you know, a few seconds long. Sorry, I feel man. like wrapped up or not wrapped up, but like Buffy evolved into the character that he needed to be in the place that he needed to be, you know, sort of last week. Mm. So this may have not been on the same level to do with Sam. So it was sort of just, here's a little loose end. Let's just tie it, put it nicely. And Yuri was down in that socky, man. He didn't, he didn't care. He <laughs> went right back there. <laughs> yeah yeah and uh you know bucky turns in the the uh sam's or steve's notebook uh with all the names crossed off he turns it back over to his therapist leaves her a nice note uh basically he should have said thanks for nothing sam wilson helped me but um, <laughs> but uh you know we we close off sort of bucky's storyline with he's feeling uh like a new man he's he's ready to go he's he's hopefully not having the nightmares anymore and uh yeah we'll see where the winter soldier ends up from here um, we get closure to the Isaiah Bradley storyline. Sam goes back to, to see Isaiah and uh, he, Isaiah at first gives him a hard time. He's like, look, you, you, good luck, you know, no, no black man should have been Captain America. We see Eli again. Eli's like, what's up, Black Falcon? What you doing here? <laughs> this is great because uh, Sam's like, you need to learn some manners. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens if, if Eli uh, makes in another appearance, but uh, definitely an an outspoken character, not afraid to, to stick it to our, our uh, main character here. Um, Sam basically explains his decision to Isaiah and says, hey, I'm, I'm going to try this. I may die um, doing this, but I'm going to try to do it the right way. I'm going to try to do it my way and uh, we'll, we'll go. And he gets, you know, he gets some acceptance from Isaiah here. And he also has one more uh, surprise for him. He says, hey, clean up. We're going to go. I'm going to take you for a ride. Let's go. And he brings Eli and Isaiah back to the Smithsonian ex exhibit on Captain America. They walk through the exhibit a little bit, and then they go to this like back room or side room. And it's an entire room that's now dedicated to Isaiah Bradley. It's got a plaque telling his story and uh, honoring him and the 332nd, which was that, that uh, group of uh, black soldiers that were experimented on. So um, we see Isaiah taking it all in. Um, he's getting visibly moved and he hugs Sam and, and Sam says, you know, now they'll never forget the sacrifices that you made for this country. Uh, kind of a nice way to tie off that, that character, that storyline. I, I don't know if I quite buy it that, that Isaiah would be moved rather than pissed off <laughs> about Sam kind of, you know, sharing his story and getting it out there. But it, it was a nice moment and it was very well acted, I thought. Uh, so now we've got the family barbecue. Question, oh, question. Yeah, yeah. 
does Eli, yeah, I guess the grandson, mm-hmm. Isaiah's grandson, um, he he is a character. Yes, he is. Comics. Okay. Yes, he is. Yeah, and he's tied to this Captain America legacy discussion. Well, that was my question. Does it does New Cap get a new Falcon? Well. Uh, I, t- I talked about it a little bit before, but remember Torres, jo- Joaquin Torres? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, you left the wings there. That yes. that character plays the new Falcon in uh, the book. So we'll see what happens there. But um, if you've been noticing, the MCU has been introducing a lot of younger actors, uh, kids, teenage age, um, that are either related to superheroes or have superpowers. Um, and they've been introducing more and more of these characters um maybe we'll see them again sometime there are they are characters from the comic books that that do pop up so um if they Marvel got a 13 maybe... year old that that's 30 years of movies we got at least with them. so i'm i'm fine with them marvel may be uh building to uh building their future of movies like right before our eyes here through these through these series um, it'll be it'll be great to see. Uh, just which if they do, I'm not to cut off again. If they do, the brilliance, really, just the sheer brilliance of Marvel in, in the painstaking details and mapping out everything, I, so, I think so has to be commended. Kevin Feige, who is sort of like the the godfather of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he's like the the head honcho. He says that in his office, he has a timeline plan. And I think it was like maybe four years ago now or three years ago, but he said he has it set out for like the next 20 to 25 years of, of movies, of stories, of, of everything that where they want to go. I don't know if I quite buy that because they're running through the major comic book stories pretty quickly. <laughs> so um, like we said, this is a 2014 story that they've adapted here. So they're running out of IP Um very quickly unless you know the comics division gets kind of their their butts in gear um we're seeing a lot well, of i'm sure they stories. could adapt we didn't cover i mean obviously we didn't cover old stories from our legacies no but they're hitting the the big ones the big one. and they're, they're okay. running through them pretty quickly so you know we're starting to get maybe we're starting to introduce new new heroes new characters that we haven't seen before but you know, the Sam Wilson era of being Captain America, it only lasted like maybe a year and a half. And and part of that was interrupted by a, a major Marvel Comics event that interrupted all of the storylines. So, you know, they, they don't have much to go on. And, and my fear as a fan is that we're going to get into Game of Thrones territory where they outpaced the books and then they were kind of left up to themselves to, to write and to figure out the storylines. And it didn't it didn't feel the same. Um, so I, I'm hoping that we don't get to that point. But uh, again, the Marvel Comics division, they got to start pumping pumping out some good content because uh, we're, we're running out of stories. The, the, the storylines that they're adapting now in the new movies are are closer and closer to, to recent day. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see going forward. Yeah. I mean, I do have a lot of faith in the people who write these movies. Um, and... This might be, I don't, need, I don't even know. It's like weird for me to say, cause I am like a big comic book fan. For the most part, I prefer comic book versions of these characters. Mm-hmm. But when you're looking at the stories, like the, mo- like the movies 
while they are still setting up the whole bigger universe, get to be, I feel like, a lot more contained with these stories. Um, like the upcoming, like, secret invasion. I don't know. Like, they're just taking the idea of, like, secret invasion. Like, if they were to yeah. adapt that directly, it would just be a huge, like, mess. Right, right. I mean, we saw it in Civil War, right? Like, Civil War in the comic yeah. books is almost every Marvel hero. You've got the Fantastic Four. You've got everybody playing a role, and they condense that down significantly to make sense for the Marvel Universe. Yeah, and to make it, like, a Captain America-centric story also. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. I have a lot of faith. I know we are running out of uh, a lot of things, but... That's just my my yeah. fear, because I'm like, okay, this is 2014. Some of the other stuff that's coming up is, like, very, very recent. Secret Invasion wasn't that long ago. Um, you know, they're just hope that we're still building but I, I think i think mike i think you're right there there's plenty of storylines that people forget about i think maybe they're not as as they're not it's not necessarily that the quality isn't as good as like a an infinity war you know where everybody knows thanos and the gems i just think that they're not as um as commercialized you know like infinity war that story that was adapted in video games in you know all kinds of stuff leading up meanwhile i got those comics they're not selling for anything so i don't understand <laughs> what is going on um but I, I think there are good stories that people just forgot about you know maybe buried under the volume of material that that kevin feige probably has gone through and has on his string line of of 20 years of marvel uh timeline uh to, to adapt so yeah, we'll see um before we end off we've got the the family cookout uh sam and and louisiana the crew uh down there you know they're all they invite everybody bucky shows up he got an invitation he's got a cake he's playing with the kids he's playing with the nephews um you know he's taking pictures with with people hanging off his arm and you know just just having a good time you know it's nice to see these heroes having fun and it's like kind of the the shawarma scene just like extended a little bit um and the 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 show ends with a new title captain america and the winter soldier which is which is nice to see it was like a nice capstone for the show we get our usual little stylized credits and then we have great the soundtrack by the way at the end i love continuing the louisiana I want them to release the soundtracks for all the Marvel shows. They, they've been great. The, the, the music has been fantastic. Um, I, I want the soundtrack to this show. I want the soundtrack to WandaVision. I could listen to Agatha all along on loop for, for hours. Um, it, it, it's been great. It's been great. So the stinger, Sharon Carter is at that, con that, that courtroom again, the same set, because we can only afford one courtroom set, apparently. Same senator. I, I guess this guy is in charge of like all superheroes, all the Patch Act re repatriate. Uh, re, uh, At first, I thought he may have been Secretary of Defense, but they do refer to him as Senator. So that's yeah, sort of, I'm just like what this guy. Right he's on every committee apparently. I don't know, um, but uh, he re he explains that Sharon Carter got a full pardon. Uh, the Carter family has always meant uh, trust and service, and that name has carried this legacy. Um, there's an opening at her old job if she wants it, and she's like, yep, that would be great. She's smiling. Everybody's happy. She turns. She walks out, and she does that slow-mo, like, evil smile after she's walking out. 
and she doesn't even get off the courtroom steps before she's on the phone to somebody and she's like listen we're in we're gonna get the government secrets we're gonna get the prototype weapons everybody who wants something they're, they're gonna there's gonna be something to buy and and that's how the show ends and it's like all right she's in full power broker mode um one of the things that i keyed in on was that she talked about prototype weapons which one of the Disney Plus shows that is is coming down the pike is Armor Wars with uh, Rhodey and talking about you know trying to go fix some of the the loose uh, Tony Stark Stark Industries technology that's out there maybe some prototype Iron Man armor ends up in the wrong hands so we may see Sharon Carter's power broker again in another Disney Plus show I don't know that's just a guess of mine but um yeah I mean Sharon's full evil now and and again. Another villain gets their way. The third villain, the power broker, also wins because now she's got her CIA access, which apparently they don't do background checks in the CIA because they would have to look into, how have you been making a living these past few years? Oh, living in Madripoor? What have you been doing in Madripoor? So uh, I guess, you know, you just you get your clearance badge and you're good. So, uh, yeah, but Sharon Carter, she's going to be the power broker moving forward. What do you guys think? I can't. I don't want to wait another what month and a half for for the next show. It was it was nice. We went right from from Wandavision to this. I thought it was yeah. a great series, and now what are we left with? Well, well, there was a big announcement on the same day that this episode aired. Um, they announced that Captain America four is officially in development. It's going to be Sam Wilson as Captain America. It's going to be a full feature uh, film. So. Um, is that when we're going to see John Walker, U.S. agent, power broker, all this stuff come back? I don't know. Is it going to be a new threat? We'll see. But uh, that is that is a good thing to look forward to on the horizon. Um, as far as Disney Plus is concerned, Loki in June is probably going to be our next our next thing. I mean, there will, there will probably be a behind-the-scenes featurette on Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, that comes out next week. Um, but other than that, yeah. We have to wait until June. I'm sorry, we had a little in the kitchen right now. We're good. We're good. Um, so are you guys uh, you know, what would you like to see in a Captain America four with, with Sam Wilson? I'd like to see a jazz version of Star Spangled Man. I think that's what I would like to <laughs> some some rebooting of that theme. Uh, no, I, this would that would be nice if the series um, are setting up for a, a movie. Because then I think it's nice to have these self-contained episodes that are leading up to now a, a full two and a half hour uh, spectacle. Well, yeah, I think um, it's been pretty much publicly said that the WandaVision ending is going to lead right up into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, Which we film. saw from the end credits yeah so you know this leading into a captain america film it, it makes a lot of sense but i've been enjoying these series too that that they have these moments these quieter moments to build these characters and and develop them a little bit more and give them some space uh that we don't usually see kendall what do you think yeah i mean cap four what would you like to see oh god i don't even know what i want to see i i would like to see like Sam doing something as big as like Steve 
did. You know what I mean? Like, Steve got to like fight Nazis with like hovercrafts and then like, you know, fight this organization who would like infiltrated the biggest spy like network in the in the world mm -hmm. and then like you got to see him fight half the avengers like I, I something on that level that's what i want from sam well uh, for me you know i i do i want to see like you said kind of kind of sam get his uh fair moment in the sun as captain america and um you know whether or not they bring back Bucky or U.S. Agent or Torres as Falcon. Um, I, I just want to see. I want to see Sam spin on being Captain America, and you know, not, maybe maybe you know, not only what that means for him as as a as a black man in America, representing the wearing the stars and stripes and representing the country, but also um, the differences that he can bring through his experience as, with the wings, uh, throwing the shield around, all all that stuff. Um, and being able to take on a, a major Omega level threat, you know, to, to speak. And I also want to see him leading an Avengers team too. Like, I hope yeah, we get, that's... I hope we get an Avengers with him at the head. Yeah. That more than a Captain America, I want to see him leading the Avengers. Cause like the only Sam Wilson stuff I've read was like Captain America and the Avengers when he was Captain America. Mm -hmm. So, and love that um yeah it's just cool to see like people like looking up to him like other like his peers you know what i mean yeah yeah bucky bucky had a lot of great moments where he's like looking you know proud of him and and, and he calls him cap a couple times he's like nice job cap you know gives him kind of like the nod of approval so yes he'll of approval yeah all right, so I think that's going to do it for Level Up Watches, uh, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. For those of you who have been following along, thank you so much for uh, letting us kind of talk your ear off about the, the Marvel Universe for a little bit every week. And, uh, you know, whether or not we're going to come back and, and do a future one, I, I'm not sure yet, but uh, I hope that you've enjoyed this series. And, you know, when, 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 when do the checks come in? uh well uh i've got to check with uh the power broker on that one uh she's in charge of uh, issuing <laughs> issuing out the checks so just that's, she knows where to send it that's yeah, check. yeah so uh yeah uh anything else before we go from you guys? this was a lot of fun i want to thank you i want to thank my friends up at level up and uh and just waiting for you guys to call to take the inventory that's all i gotta say but this was a lot of fun kendall i enjoyed uh doing this with you as well and uh, I hope to see you guys for the next one, if you'll have me. Yeah, it was a great time. Cool hanging every week. Yeah. For yeah. most weeks for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you both for, for joining me on this adventure. Uh, you know, when, when I sent out the text of, you know, hey, do you guys want to do a podcast weekly about Falcon and the Winter Soldier? You're both like, yeah, no problem. So uh, I appreciate that. I appreciate your, your gung-ho nature and you know, ready to jump into this thing. And just remember who said it first. <laughs> oh. um, we're just going to plug, I'm going to plug Level Up real quick. Uh, again, shoplevelup.com. Level Up Entertainment is the name of the store. We're in the Hamilton Mall in Mays Landing, New Jersey, as well as soon to be Summers Point, New Jersey. Um, we'll hopefully be open 
anytime now we'll, we'll we'll be there happy to to sell you any captain america winter soldier baron zemo any of it uh we'll have it so uh you know please look out for the store there uh kendall do you want to plug anything before we go ah you know me <laughs> Star Star Savior Savior Bunny. Bunny on instagram <laughs> go there <laughs> marvelous mike Meet me at the Minties, 10th anniversary, spectacular happening this summer. Until then, catch front row conversations every Sunday night. Uh, it's been the, the hit of the spring so far, about 300 years a week. Nice. All right. Well, on behalf of Kendall and Marvelous Mike, I have been Harry, and it's been an honor to be your host. This is Level Up Watches, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and this is The End. Mm-hmm.